Welcome to House of Hoops with Bo, Brian, and Jeff. I'm Jeff Hausman, coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. This is episode 115. It's Monday night, July 25th, 2022. Thank you for listening. We've been off for three weeks. What are we going to do tonight? We're going to have a conversation about basketball. We'll see where that takes us. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. With me tonight is Bo Brady coming to us virtually from St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey. Hello, Bo. And also coming to us virtually from up the street is Brian Clark. Hey. Hey, Brian. We'll, we'll get into why Brian's not here, I guess, in a minute. <laughs> Please visit our website. It's houseofhoops.com. That's H-A-U-S of hoops.com. Fortune favors the brave. We're just a few dudes with nothing to lose. We're going to get loose, talk some hoops. sounds like yeah not great yeah i'm good how are you you guys are good that's nice i'm okay i'm hanging in there it's been an interesting three weeks (laughs) it ended with a week of covid (laughs) so last week has all been just covid and it's the first time i've tested positive for covid so first official covid case i don't know i still don't feel 100 percent, but definitely better than the first few days the first few days are the toughest you know we just, we just like laid up in bed all day pretty much yeah just like three days of just bed man you had it bad yeah it was really bad cold sweats body aches headaches uh, no energy just every joint in my body was like aching and hurting. It's ridiculous. There's clearly no end of COVID-19. Like maybe ever. No. <laughs> like it could be a part of our lives forever now. It very well may be. As many people aren't taking it seriously and how it just keeps lingering and mutating and transforming. People are catching it over and over and over. 
could be just part of our lives forever now. That's how I feel about it. What have you guys been up to? It's been three weeks. I've been doing a lot of nothing. It's been pretty great. Yeah. It's off season. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been working a lot. Mm-hmm. Been a little shorthanded at work lately. Yeah. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Um, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> Whoever gave you COVID in New Orleans, I guess, is to blame. <laughs> mm. I thought it was like a staffing issue. <laughs> no it's actually it's been okay yeah. it's been good we, we were just we were just ready for your return this week this past week yeah and you couldn't so psych um yeah surprise psych out <laughs> wait till you hear my next excuse for next week <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah bo uh jeff texted me like monday night at like midnight <laughs> It's like <laughs> just, on top just of a it. picture of his test on his on his counter. <laughs> it's like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I got back in town Sunday and Monday all day. I'm feeling like shit. I'm like sleeping all day, so I'm awake at midnight. Right? Like I'm gonna get on top of this. I'm sending this to Brian. I don't care when he sees it. It's been sent. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't supposed to work till Wednesday. So I felt like I got on top of it pretty good. Just go like go ahead yeah. and take a test, you know. Yeah, we got everything taken care of. We got all, every everything that needed to be filled in got filled in. So, I mean, I felt bad, it. but at the same time, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, there's nothing you can do, man. You got COVID, can't come to work. I mean, that's the dilemma. Is like, at what point do we just treat this like the common cold? But it's just not the common cold. No, no. It's more serious than a cold, and it's can spread and really do damage, you know, in a a small crew or staff, you know. Yeah, can really put a dent in things. It's probably the right call not to go to work if you know, or if you're even thinking you have COVID. It's probably best mm-hmm. not to go. Yeah, I didn't think it was a good idea to like sit in a windowless room with you tonight figured i'd give you another day yeah <laughs> no i'd give so, him another lo- couple days for sure get it out of your system yeah maybe maybe next week no you're coming to work wednesday <laughs> yeah but that's you're like coming to work wednesday a, that's a different space but yeah <laughs> this is a small... i'll be in the studio with you next week for sure we'll see we'll see if you have the guts We'll see how you're feeling. I just rode <laughs> six hours in a car with two guys, and uh, neither of them got sick. So it's very bizarre shit. Yeah, I was I was talking to uh, to Alexa Monday. Mm-hmm. She came into work, and I was just kind of joking. I was like, "How's Jeff doing? Like nursing that hangover?" And she's like, "Yeah, he's been in bed all day." And we just kind of laughed about it, you know. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I probably just went really hard in New Orleans." Well. Yeah, and then I got that text from me. I was like, "Oh God, nope." <laughs> yeah, it's a combination of things. Uh, every time yeah. my body, I think that's part of it. Is like I get, I let my body run down, mm-hmm. and then, and then, uh, if if there's contact in any sort of way with that virus, and your body's not like at its peak level, I feel like you're mm-hmm. more likely to catch it. You know? 
Like your body's more likely to react, not fight it off. Yeah, yeah, because you got when you got sick in what was that December or January, mm-hmm. where you were pretty sure you had it, but you weren't you, you couldn't get like rapid tests easily then. You still had to go like you had to go get in your car and like wait in a line forever. Sure. And I think we just held you out then. We just assumed you had it, and but you were I, mad. I you then, were mad that he didn't have it. Yeah. well yeah i took a home test was I what was. it was yeah i took one of those home tests and it came back negative and i was like i don't fucking know dude i feel like i have something either way sick is sick and yeah i guess these days you can't just it's not worth chancing it yeah you can't just wing it hope you for can't the just best. go get a bunch of people sick you know right bo how's that bathroom remodel going over there it's pretty much done. We're just waiting on like some towel rod, like <laughs> towel holder rod thing. Oh yeah, and then we're done. Nice. So it's basically done. It's been a long time. Yes. So you're you're using the bathroom? That bathroom? Oh, we've been using it for a while. Yeah, we shower. Oh, nice. Toilet. Yeah. Sink. Nice. All the things. Storage. Did you get heated floors? Yes. There's in floor heat. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yes, it will be nice. Come next month, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. It won't be till October. We turned it on. What else have you been up to? Uh, I did a trip to Wyoming yeah. with uh, my dad, a couple of his friends, and a couple of my buddies. We did four nights in, in this wilderness that's called... It is in the wind rivers so we like stayed out of pinedale two nights and then drove out to this trailhead called big sandy and hiked out we did like the backpack itself was about 40 miles in five days carrying a 30 pound 35 pound pack pretty lightweight pack brought in oatmeal and cliff bars and freeze-dried meals and yeah water filter that's cool. Or are there any, what's the, like, what do they got? Like wolves up there? What do you have to uh, look out there's for? Bear. So you carry bear spray with you the whole time. That's good. You go take a shit, dig your hole. You have to have your bear spray with you. Yeah. That's good. Did you, did you get to Mesa bear? <laughs> no, thank God. No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be that close. <laughs> no, bear spray it is you do not want to get it on you it goes without saying so if you have to if you have an aggressive bear coming at you you assume you're going to have time to take the clip off and then you got to make sure that you're not down you got to make sure you're not blowing it into the wind for one and then number two you got to mm-hmm. like point down at the ground you don't want to spray it up in the air cuz it'll come back at you so you kind of want to so you don't want to be using the bear spray bear spray is like the last resort Basically, Correct. like I'm about to be eaten. Yeah, I'm about to mm. be mauled because you, you have to be within like a car's length for that shit to even be effective. It's powerful stuff. You don't want to get it on you. That's hell no. But, it deters bears. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we did that. It was awesome. Yeah. Anybody with you take a take a gun? No, bear spray is more effective than a gun. I did for bear yeah we did see i did see a guy that had like a nine millimeter strapped to it from his backpack yeah um 
you know that would be good i guess against like a any kind of wolf or big cat or something huh yeah that, i mean I, I presume there's kitties out there mountain lions we didn't yeah. see any of that or like a if you run into like a like a trail rapist or something <laughs> yeah or that yeah How else? Guns, How? Probably, guns probably better for that. Yeah, that's that's why you have, you'd have to murder him. I don't know. I don't know what the. That's probably what that guy was thinking that had the gun strapped to his backpack. <laughs> it's like anybody just trying to rape me out here. If it's you, come and me, get it. If it's you or yeah. me, it ain't gonna be <laughs> come, me. Come and take it <laughs> over my dead body. <laughs> over my dead body. Yeah, he just, he just shoots himself. He's like, you're raping a corpse now. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. <laughs> three weeks. It's been three weeks since we yeah. did an episode. And this is what Brian brings. Raping I like it, dead Brian. bodies. Bring it in hot. Bring it in okay. cold. That's what I've been thinking about. <laughs> you know, Brian, I have a newfound respect for those who hike. That's serious business, oh, yeah? man. Well, why do you say that, Jeff? You work those ankles and feet yeah all that un- unlevel ground you have to cover that's a lot of work man yeah you, you gotta did, really did you do some hiking in canada yeah i went to canada during the last three weeks went to canada i climbed actual mountains played a bunch of golf i can't believe they let you in canada i just don't can't get over that <laughs> it's not really that difficult to get up there and in if there's all kinds of uh, pre-check stuff you can do, uh, questionnaires you fill out before you even get there, and I guess if you've done all that, it makes the transition pretty smooth. They already like run your background before you even get there, you know. Yeah, played golf in the mountains. Saw some grizzly bears. You saw a grizz? Yeah, I saw probably like three grizzly bears, dude. How far were you? All right, well, one of them, so we get to this golf course, and just jokingly, I asked the starter at the golf course, so how likely are we to run into a grizzly bear? And the starter goes, no, you'll see grizzly bears. And we all start <laughs> laughing. We're like, ah, it's funny. And he's like, no, like, they're everywhere. The, you'll, the likelihood of you seeing a grizzly bear are very high. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, what are we supposed to do? Like, we don't have bear spray or anything. They're like, oh, just make a lot of noise and uh, get back in your golf cart and uh, drive away. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Man. So this grizzly bear, the first one we see, my brother-in-law was there, and he hits a ball up the left side of the fairway. Mine goes up the right side of the fairway where the golf cart track is you know the golf path the cart path so he goes over to get his ball this grizzly bear comes walking down the side of the fairway that he's on like barely in the woods and it's walking straight towards him and we just start yelling bear bear so he does what you're not supposed to do he stops gets his phone out (laughs) and he's he's like 30 (laughs) yards away from this grizzly bear he starts taking videos and pictures. And I'm like, dude, he's about to die. <laughs> that thing is just going straight towards him. Oh, my gosh. But it's like minding its own business. 
So by the time he gets to his ball, the grizzly bear is like walking past him. It's probably 20 yards away. But the bear's not paying no attention to him. Head down, just walking along. And he gets he gets to his ball, he goes to hit it, and he just like tops it. It goes like 20 yards. He's like, dude, I couldn't fucking swing. <laughs> I had to turn <laughs> he had to turn his back to that bear to hit this ball. <laughs> I was like, dude, you should have picked up the ball and like got the fuck away from there. It's not that important. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking nuts? He's like, that bear didn't want none. Are you, I'm like, are you kidding me? That was the most insane thing I had ever seen. I was like, dude, if that happens again, like, please just, like, move away from the bear. He just stood there and, like, started taking pictures. <laughs> it was insane. He was, like, shook up for the next few holes. He's, he's like, I wasn't scared. My adrenaline was just pumping. That means you're scared. <laughs> it's like just fucking insane. It's like giant animals, like three of him or four of him. He's a big boy, but not compared to a bear. Yeah, so we got out of there without incident, but Jesus, it's fucking nuts. When we saw other bears, um, we did a lot of hiking. I didn't, uh, we were up in Kananaskis and Banff, so Alberta. I've been up there to Banff. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's over like on the west coast of Canada. It's not British Columbia like Vancouver, but it's like the next one over. We were out in the sticks. Kananaskis is the sticks, man. And there were bears everywhere. We'd see them driving down the road. We'd see them on the side of the road and shit, eating bugs out of the ground and whatnot. Lots of black bears. Uh, we When we would go hiking... Like, somebody had to carry the bear spray. So there was, like, over 10. There's probably 13 of us on this trip. You only had one bear spray? Yeah. That's that's not enough bear spray. <laughs> well, we never had to use it, thankfully. But there's always somebody that has to carry the bear spray, right? I did it for one of the hikes. I was like, I'll do it for one. <laughs> I don't want to be the last resort, though. <laughs> like, that's a lot of fucking responsibility, man being the last one with the last one with the bear spray like everybody else get out of here i'll fend off the bear <laughs> <laughs> but yeah hiking with those big animals and goddamn grizzlies ba grizzly bears around like i have a newfound respect for people that hike and when i was on the trip a lot of people i don't think people were as like worried about the bears a lot of people were giving me shit about the bears i think it's more of a concern than people really like put on like it's life or death <laughs> with those bears around uh, well it absolutely could be yes now the numbers are low maulings are very very low and bear interactions are low but all it takes is those animal instincts to kick in you know and then I get home from Canada and I watch this show called Alone. It's on the History Channel. And some of the seasons take place in Canada. And uh, if you watch Alone, you'll, you'll uh, have a newfound respect for grizzly bears. Because <laughs> people are constantly getting, having run-ins with these bears on that show. And, like, the bears don't leave them alone unless they have, like, the air horns work. 
or the contestants on the show have to like spray their bear spray. But I mean, if a bear is going to follow you, a bear is going to follow you, man. It's uh, scary stuff. I mean, you're, you're in a big group. Yeah. I mean, you said your whole family was there. Yeah. So you don't, you don't actually have to like outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the, the slowest person in the right. group. <laughs> right. That's well, true. If you got the spray, you're the, you're the last one. Right. Yeah. So I can understand why you're like, no, no somebody else take the spray. <laughs> I carried it. For and I'll me. just run. Yeah. <laughs> I carried it. I don't know. If you run, man, that can trigger their animal instincts to your prey. What you want to do is like back away slowly. Like everybody else can get out of there, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a uh, very scary stuff, man. I I didn't did, come face. Did Greg face. did Greg ever carry this spray? I don't think so, man. <laughs> really, Greg's lived a, like a long full life. I feel like he maybe he did. He should have been the spray man. I wasn't on all the hikes. I was doing mm-hmm. more of like playing golf while everybody else was hiking a lot. But the hikes I went on, you know, I, there was one long hike that we went on that I, we went to this big suspension bridge in the woods, and uh, I carried it on that hike. Canada's a nice place. I like Canada. It's my first time up there, first time out of the country. It seems like the people in Canada just kind of go along with it. Like, they adapt to situations. Well, yeah, if you're going to live up in bear country, you're just you're just going to do it gnarly weather up there yeah and the attitude of people i felt like it was just different in a sense that they weren't like looking for a reason to be upset with someone i get a lot of that in the states especially in the south where me and brian live it's like people are just like kind of looking for a reason to be fucking mad you know well the where you were is not the big city it's pretty rural and yeah. That's just kind of rural life in general. Is people are pretty chill and yeah. and and in a place like you were, you were. The mentality is a lot of times is that it's life or death with winter wintertime stuff. So if someone's in the ditch, essentially their cars. People will pull over and be the first car by will stop and help you. That's the, that's the kind of people you were encountering is people yeah. that help each other out yeah. constantly. I didn't see anybody looking for confrontation. I think Americans can be a bit confrontational, in my opinion. But it could be just where I was in Canada. You're right. I haven't seen enough. I think if you went to fucking Vancouver or British, Vancouver, basically, you'd be like, oh my gosh, get me the, you know, you think? these people. It's just big city. Yeah. Yeah. People are confrontational, a lot of homeless people. It would be different. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed my time in Kananaskis and Banff. Banff was super cool, man. It's more of a town situation. Kananaskis was like the sticks. Another thing was getting used to, because I drove up there a lot, so getting used to like kilometers <laughs> instead of miles, that was a little weird. Uh, liters instead of gallons, you know, like the gas prices. The first sign I saw was like a dollar sixty for gas, and I was like, "What? Hmm. It's really hmm. cheap." But then uh, 
on closer investigation, I realized that's leaders. <laughs> so it's actually more expensive. It's like almost six or seven dollars a gallon. And you know whose fault that is, Jeff? Joe Biden's. That's correct. It's Joe Biden's <laughs> fault. It's interesting. Gas is more expensive in Canada than it is in the States. Ah, yes. Canadian President Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, Canada was awesome, man. Uh, thoroughly want to go back and explore. It just made me want to explore more of the world, I guess. You know? Nice. That's great. It's just not. Jeff's curious. It's just not easy to do. Like, it's not easy to go to Canada. It's expensive. So you got to figure that out. Need more time. I, I just need to take you out in the backcountry of Wyoming. You'll, you'll be blown away. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I would want a pistol or something. Bear spray is good, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if that hiking shit's for me, like the wilderness life. <laughs> it's beautiful, and I enjoyed doing it. I was happy it happened. But I don't know if it's really for me. I would do it again. So we get home. I get home from Canada, right, and uh, headed to New Orleans for a bachelor party for like a forty-five-year-old. Just a bunch of old friends meeting up and uh, spending about forty-eight hours in New Orleans, <laughs> trying to cram in as much as possible. You have a cabin in uh, Brookhaven, right, Bo? Yeah, my parents have a house there, yeah. Oh, yeah, we drove through there. You, you just drove down 55. You didn't stop in Brookhaven, right? Nah. Just reminded me of that time we went to, you and me went to New Orleans, and we, we actually did stop in Brookhaven. That was a fun. Yes. That was a lot of fun. I don't think I've driven to New Orleans in a while. Brought up some old memories. We had a good time. It was like, uh, it was a lot like a, like a, class reunion or something there's people from all over the country met up and hung out less people than i thought but definitely saw some people i haven't seen in like 20 years Our old skateboarder dudes did some partying in new orleans visited that harris casino <laughs> and then uh brought home some nice cajun covid Ooh, Lord, that's some beautiful COVID from Cajun, Cajun COVID. It's been a hell of an ordeal this last week. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any end of COVID coming, man. Just seems no, like it's, not, it's everywhere. It's just going to continue to go in circles. What's been on y'all's mind? What do you want to talk about? What are we doing here? What have you guys been thinking about? Anything outside we got, we of basketball? Got, we're gonna, oh, we're outside of basketball. I watched that new. Uh, I watched the the Dave the new Dave Chappelle thing on Netflix. Have you guys seen this? No, I'm way behind on Dave Chappelle. So it's just like it's just a speech he made at like his high school alma mater. Hmm. They were they he were going to rename. Did he go to Ridgeway? <laughs> he went to uh, like Duke Ellington School for the Performing Arts. Okay. in Washington, D.C. Hmm. And uh, they were going to rename the theater after him. Mm -hmm. And he declined due to, I guess, the controversy 
about uh, about what he's what he said about trans people mm-hmm. in his in his recent standups. Yeah, they're which, really uh, which he, he he seems to just like keep circling back to. Like it's kind of it's like this weird like loop. He's like, I don't understand why people are so mad about this and they can't take the joke. But then he but then he's like, I don't want people to feel you know uncomfortable. But then he just kind of keeps after it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I know it's kind of weird, uh, but it's like forty minutes long, and mm-hmm. uh, he really just talks about like his like his upbringing and his time at the school, and uh, and, he, and he addresses the controversy at the end. Because I guess the students at the at the school, uh, some of them had issue with uh, with the theater being named after him due to the controversy, and some of the parents, I guess, were upset. Mm-hmm. He kind of he kind of brings it up at the end, but Bo, kind of in your neck of the woods, he had a he had a performance canceled, right? He did, or, yes, First Avenue. They moved the venue, yeah. They moved the you know I was out of town for that, so they moved the venue. I, I missed that. Basically, the first yeah. venue canceled the show. So, so that's first avenue Chappelle moved it to oh, a okay. secondary venue and the show went on okay so the lgbtq community is really upset with Dave Chappelle and i think part of it is sometimes you can't tell with Chappelle which part is a joke and which part is real because in his act he goes back and forth it mm-hmm. seems like a lot between talking about real shit and then like joking like you yeah. sometimes the lines get blurred and i think that's kind of probably some of the problem but Chappelle's point of view is he's a black man and has had way more adversity than any lesbian gay bisexual or transgender so i feel well, no, like i i don't think you can say that I you think, can't say that, but I think that's where he's coming from. Is why he th- believes that he can joke about whatever. Okay, he well, wants. you can say that's where he's coming from, but you can't say definitively that he's had more than another no subset of people. I'm not okay. saying that. Okay, great. That's not what I said. You're saying that it's that it's Chappelle's opinion. That yeah, great. That's a that's he a, thinks that that, yeah. that is a perfectly valid opinion, and he he's he is welcome to have that. Yeah, I didn't say that. That's not okay. You're, you're missing. Okay, I got you. You're not listening. When when I said Bo, was, Bo, you got to listen, man. What I said I'm trying was, to, I'm listening and I'm trying to find out where he played this, where the other show was held. Okay, was well, I'm sorry. All right, I'm here. Don't put words in my mouth <laughs> that make me look bad. <laughs> now, so Chappelle feels like he can pretty much do and say whatever he wants, and these are jokes, and it really is freedom of speech, and he really should be able to. But he just will not let this fucking thing go, will he? I know. Yeah, it's like he just keep, he just keeps. It's like no on about it. <laughs> you, you, I won't. I, you're not going to shut me up at this point. I feel like is where he's coming from. It's like you're not going to shut me down. You're not going to cancel me. It's not going to happen. You're not going to censor me. And I feel like there, there's definitely like a wall up. And Chappelle's not willing to back down, you know, from the wall. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting stuff. I mean, I don't have a, like, he's a comedian. He can joke about whatever he wants to joke about. I don't give a shit. Anybody in a crowd, if you pay money to go see a comedian and you're in that crowd, like, anybody can be equally made fun of in that crowd. 
Oh, absolutely. Like it's you're all fair game. You're at risk. You paid to go to that show. You're everybody's at risk. Yeah, and, I, and Dave Chappelle is like like most good any good comedian. Nobody's spared, you know. Exactly. Like he's gonna make fun of everybody. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And any good comedian is. Mm-hmm. They don't just pick on one group. You don't want to be seen as like kind of punching down, you know? Right. Like fighting, fighting somebody below your weight. I kind of feel like initially, like a comedian makes a tasteless joke. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like the continuous, like the, the coming back to it and coming back to it and coming back to it is what kind of, I feel like it's kind of weird. And I see your point about how, you know, he doesn't want, he thinks I can't be silenced. I can't be canceled. First of all, the guy can't be canceled. Like he's going to sell out theaters, like yeah. no matter what, you know, Yeah. like it's not like the guy, you know, uh-huh. I don't think there's anything he can say about anybody that's going to make him jobless for the rest of his life. So I don't, I don't know. I, he's, I think he's hit a point where some of these guys talk about being canceled. And it's like, I, can you really be canceled? It looks like, <laughs> like that's what the attempt is, is to, yeah quiet him down i don't think with him that it's like a a serious distaste for the community or anything like that it's literally just started with some jokes and then it Mm -hmm. just has tumbled out of control (laughs) and at this point like it's like a joke that just won't end (laughs) he's gonna keep he's gonna keep going he's gonna keep pushing on it Maybe some yeah, of that is it keeps people keeps him relevant, keeps people talking about him. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I'm really surprised that First Avenue booked him and then canceled him so quickly. Yeah, it was like uh, it was the people that worked at the theater. Apparently, they were all threatening to quit if he went on. So they had a lot of pressure. It wasn't like a lot of people in the community that wanted it to stop, but it was like enough important people you know what i mean right but so like do that this first avenue have to like have a are they gonna have to have like a filter like how do you filter like they book shows constantly yeah and then first avenue owns a ton of venues in town mm-hmm. it's it's a huge operation i i just it's beyond me it's i think it was mostly just an attack against dave Chappelle, not necessarily anything else so i've completely missed his, this trans controversy i knew that he had and it was one of his stand-up specials he said something they had like a a joke about it but it's apparently he has like you said he hadn't backed down and then a bunch of right-wing people anti-culture cancel people and mm-hmm. anti-cancel culture people have like latched on to Chappelle, so he's got like a big right-wing mm. um subset of fans now Ugh. yeah and yeah it's kind of what happened if you've, if you've ever heard him discuss like why why he canceled the show like the Chappelle show uh-huh. he was like i felt like people didn't people were like laughing at me and not with me oh they were getting on and board were, for the wrong reasons right yeah, yeah and i feel like it i mean it he just delayed the inevitable like it's so now that's happening you know like now you're gonna have like Matt Gates at his shows, you know. And <laughs> well, you know, teenagers. I, I I congratulate Chappelle for saying and joking about whatever the fuck he wants. I think it's great. I don't think he means harm 
or really hates anyone. I think no, he, I, I agree with you. He there. comes from a place where he thinks it's funny, and he looks at it as if I can't joke about this, then I mean, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Right. It's interesting, but Chappelle's going to do what Chappelle's going to do. I don't think it's fair for anybody to censor. Like, apparently the LGBTQ community, like, shows up at his shows. They buy tickets, and they sit in the stands and heckle him and shit. It's it's just, I think it's gotten out of control. And he knows they're there. (laughs) And so he lays it on more. You know? You think you're going to intimidate me by coming to my shows come on and, and buying a ticket <laughs> and give me money no at that right. point at that point he leans in mm-hmm. and leans harder yeah it's, it's a bit of a mess i don't know what the end game is it'll probably just blow over at some point right but for now it's in all the headlines and what happened up in Minnesota was kind of a uh, mm, maybe people thinking that they're going to make a difference. I mean, it's not like this I guy's guess. just walking I mean, around making homophobic slurs and shit. He's just making he's making jokes. Maybe they're in bad yeah, taste. Yeah, he's not but, he's not like a, like physically assaulting people, right? <laughs> I think there's bigger fish to fry. How about that? Right. Maybe your energy's focused in the wrong direction mm-hmm. as a group. I don't know. There's probably bigger fires to put out. Hmm. I thought it was interesting. I'm at because I watched that special, and yeah. then I I, I I forgot that Bo was out of town, so I thought maybe he'd have a little more of a finger on a pulse with what was going on mm. in the in the city. Mm-hmm. But Bo deserves a vacation just like anybody else. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I didn't keep up with anything while I was out of town. <laughs> I didn't watch any summer league. <laughs> I missed summer league entirely. Uh, well, the Grizzlies were bad, Jeff. So <laughs> I missed most of free agency. <laughs> I missed all of summer league too. I mean, what is summer league? It's like tryouts. <laughs> It's like the best players in summer league are bench players in the regular season, right? Exactly. Oh, if if yeah, if that. Very few guys will star in a summer league, and then star in the NBA that year. Yeah, I can't even st- stomach watching summer league. It's not that important to me. I mean, it's summer basketball, you know. So I mean, come on, it's something, but it's definitely not really high on my uh, to do list. Especially when I'm on vacation. Yeah, I mean, if you were just like in like in Memphis, like working and bumming around, yeah, you would have watched more summer league, probably. Because what else are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> no, there's no point in like going out of your way to watch it when you're on vacation. Fuck no, <laughs> dude. I didn't watch anything. I watched. I was totally disconnected from basketball for at least two weeks. It was great. It was nice to just let go of everything. And just really, truly relax and chill out and spend a ton of money. Um, let's see. How much offseason is left? You got uh, Kevin Durant. What? Oh, well, I mean, like in time. We've got. Oh, when does basketball start again? 
I've got about six weeks of episodes planned for us. And the NBA season should start sometime in October. The exact date hasn't been announced yet. So that gives us how many more weeks of off-season? Like 12 to 14 more weeks of off-season. So <laughs> Sounds like we either got to take some weeks off or come up with a lot of material. I think we're going to be doing a little bit of both. We're gonna need we're gonna need to take more vacations, There's and we're gonna need uh, Dave Chappelle to like just really keep this up so we have something to talk about. <laughs> we'll probably miss a couple weeks here and there. Hopefully, not consecutive weeks. I think uh, three weeks off was enough for me. I got a couple things. If you guys want to talk some hoops, sure. I got yeah, a couple things it, we can talk about. Let me uh, let me go grab a beer. Do it. What's everybody drinking tonight, Jeff? Are you drinking a beer or are you drinking Gatorade? Man, I drank water all day. I've drank more water in the last week than I've drank in my entire life, I think. Good. You should keep that going. Yeah, it's a good good thing. Yeah, I haven't been smoking either. Oh, this is it, Jeff. Don't go back. Yeah, it's just really hard. I still have the cravings. Like my mind feels gets all like the wires get crossed and I'm like, I think we've talked about it, but ah, I don't know what to 40, do with myself. 40, you can quit at 40 and you're good to go. Well, as long as I exercise, right? <laughs> no, that, no, that, no. If you quit at 40, <laughs> no, it is actually, if you quit at 40, it's like you never smoked. Doctors have said this. I've read this. I've heard this, that that gives your lungs enough time to like somewhat Come back. heal. Yeah. This is it, Jeff. This is your moment, dude. <laughs> this is it. If you quit at 40, this when you eventually die of old age, it's like, well, your your lungs are okay. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. That worked out. Oh, maybe I can stretch out five extra years because I quit smoking. It's less about that and more about your quality of life. You don't get fucking COPD yeah. mm-hmm. or em- emphysema. You do not want COPD. Be dragging ass all the time. And then also, yeah, you don't not, you don't want COPD if you're going to catch COVID every six months too. So that's true. And, and not to mention <laughs> forever the car, for the, the rest car, of your life, <laughs> the cardiovascular health smoking fucks with that too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so it's it's less about yeah. I'm only like, oh reaching eighty and being like oh my lungs are back. I mean I'm only five <laughs> years away from where my granddad was when he died. So shit, he had uh, heart complications. Well, this is it, Jeff. Maybe, maybe it is. It's really hard to quit, dude. Like sometimes I'll be sitting and I'll be thinking about a cigarette and seriously, like it feels like somebody just punched me in the head 20 times. It's like, I, like I can't think clearly or think about anything else. Like I just feel like my wires are crossed and I have to like recenter and like breathe or something and like try to figure out what's going on with my mind and body. It's very it's 20 years of smoking 20 plus years of smoking i'm trying to just give up on that like yes yes you are it's very hard it's very confusing my body's out of whack we'll see if we can do it i mean i'm not going cold turkey or anything there will be cigarettes here and there but maybe i can cut back and then eventually remove it from my life but man there are some key moments in my days where i really crave cigarettes it's gonna be very hard to break especially after like a really good meal or something <sighs> come on that's that's well, like no. 
the best time to just enjoy a smoke. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. All right, here's some some dates coming up, okay? Okay. September 30th and October 2nd. The Warriors and the Wizards are going to play NBA Japan games in Tokyo. Interesting. Have you guys heard of these games? I actually have not. They're going to play two why, games. Why those two teams? Well, that's interesting that you bring that up and that it's in Japan. There's a couple things here, I think. I Did, mean, does Ruri Hachimura still play for the Wizards? Ruri Hachimura does play for the Wizards, and he is uh, from Japan. Uh, and then you have Steph and the defending champions that you can mm-hmm. kind of showcase. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So there's a connection there. Yes, Japan. So I think that's interesting to kind of uh, reach into that Japanese market. I think that's what this is all about. October 6th and October 8th, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks are to play in the Abu Dhabi games. This one just kind of seems like showing Giannis off to the Middle East money. The Dubai money? I don't know. It's interesting. Is Charles Barkley going to be calling those games? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For $60 million, apparently he will be. <laughs> this one's interesting. Uh, those are preseason games. Probably, I think. The Atlanta Hawks, I don't know. It's just, I think, more about just showing off Giannis. Maybe trying to get a new fan base that way. And here's uh, a date that's very interesting. Now, this will be 2023, January 19th. The Detroit Pistons and the Chicago Bulls are going to play in the NBA Paris game. That's weird to me. It's mid-season. It's just like a regular season game in Paris. They've done that with Mexico City. Yeah. This is in Paris. They have to go a long way. I don't think they've done a game in Paris since Jordan played. I think it's been like 25 years. I think it has something to do with Arturis Carsonovis being in the Bulls front office now. He played some games in Paris during his career. He's spoken out about how special it'll be for his players and his organization and uh, the Bulls international fan base yeah the last time the Bulls played in Europe was 97 Michael Jordan was there and they thrashed uh, the Olympicos and it was uh, October 18th 1997 I just think it's interesting to do a regular season game yeah all the way over there. Like how much time do they get off for that game? They have to come back to the States and then travel to Cleveland? Like how does that work? And why is it the Pistons and the Bulls? I think Karnasovas has a lot to do with it. I don't know. Like what are they doing? Is it like the old Bulls-Pistons rivalry? Is that what this is? The old 90s rivalry? In old Perry, 
What is it? I think it's more likely that uh, Adam Silver just said, look, Pistons, you guys suck. You're doing this. Well, they're young and interesting team, too, I guess. I think Brian's on something here. <laughs> Bulls-Pistons. The last time yeah. the Pistons were relevant, I guess the Bulls were. I don't know. <laughs> so, look, we, we polled 100 Parisians, and we asked them, uh, Detroit Pistons or Sacramento Kings? And they said, we'll, we'll take Detroit. <laughs> so you guys are going to Paris. That's what my sources tell me. Gotcha. You know who the uh, top scorer for the Olympicos was in that uh, Jordan game in 97? Where the Bulls beat the Olympicos 104 to 78? Um, was it? Um, okay, I, I, I'm going to guess it was... Oh, hold on. It was a it was a French team, right? The Olympic Dominique Wilkins. No. With nineteen points. Any last guesses? Um. Arvidas <laughs> Sabonis. <laughs> I don't know. It was Arturis Carsonovis. Oh, uh, mm, sure. We should have had that one. He was in that game against Michael Jordan, and he got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, but he, he got nineteen. That's not yeah, bad. Ain't bad. Ain't bad. Ain't bad. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. The NBA's pimping out Steph all over Japan and Giannis all over Dubai, and then having this classic '90s Bulls versus Pistons yeah. matchup the regular season. Pistons or uh, Paris gets uh, DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> they get uh, Zach Levine. Vooch. They get Vooch. Vucevic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They get uh, Jalen Duren. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Lonzo Ball. <laughs> they get Duren and Ivy. Yeah. Cade Cunningham. Yeah. This could be uh, interesting. I think Detroit has some. Detroit has some guys that are like European. They have some players. Uh, let's see. Moving on a little bit. Tell me if you've heard this one. About the NBA Board of Governors approving the play-in tournament as a regular part of future league seasons. Have you heard of this? I heard that. Mm-hmm. It had been voted year-to-year basis. But... Uh, they're going to continue it with the format it has had in the last two seasons. And uh, it's going to be permanent now. It's each year they voted for one more year. But now it's permanent until it's not. If it ever is not. So I guess it has been great success. You guys are for it or against yeah. it? I'd say for it. Yeah. Yeah, I like the playing tournament. It's been interesting. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of time before we see the play-in tournament for the top half of the playoffs, too. If you're going to do it for the bottom, you got to do it for the top, right? You got to have a little tournament to see who gets first place. Have, have no, because I don't think you want to, you don't want to put extra games on those, uh, on those top seeds. Well, why do you put extra games on the bottom seeds? I just don't know. I think it was maybe instituted to 
kind of curb tanking a little bit, like right. mm-hmm. give give those teams that are just outside of the playoffs a, a reason to not just like tank all their games at the end of the season mm-hmm. <laughs> because they want a uh, French Chet. <laughs> well, it's permanent now, so that'll that'll take all of the attention when the playoffs start coming around forever now. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care about the playing tournament anymore because it, I, I don't. It doesn't look like the Grizzlies are going to be in it for a while, so yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and I think yeah. I was I was all for it when the Grizz were like the you know the nine seed. I was like, yes, we have to have this. So you're saying there's a chance. This is very important. They should call it the Sacramento Kings Memorial Playoff Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Will the Kings be in the playoffs or not tournament? I saw someone posted on Reddit that there is no active player in the NBA that has played against the Kings in the playoffs. <laughs> what the fuck? If you think about it in your head, off the top of your head, you're like, that makes sense. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that could that could not even be true. And I would, and I would just go, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, I mean, when did when did uh, they trade Peja? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Paul Page was so good yeah let's see there's one other thing from the board of governors you guys have probably heard of this but we can talk about it the rule change there's been a rule change intended to discourage defensive teams from committing so called take fouls that break up the opponent's fast breaks so when there's a fast break a lot of times you'll see a player just grab someone and mm-hmm. it's not a clear path foul because the defense is ahead. So it's not a clear path, but it stops the fast break. So the league is trying to get away from that. Moving forward, such fouls will now result in the offensive team getting one foul shot and maintaining possession of the ball. So it's like a compromise. Maybe the offense doesn't get the easy two they thought they would get, but at least they get a point and then the ball back. What do we think about that? I, mean, I think if you really wanted to stop it, you give them two shots from the ball. Word. But that's like a and clear where do pass. they? So where do they do they take the ball out from under the hoop or at half court? Probably at half court. Yeah. Probably. Like the same like way it. they do with the clear path. What, Bo? Sure. I like it. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a weird rule, like the it's a little different, but the delay a game where the defensive player can't, or the the team that scored can't pick the ball up and throw it to the the guy that's inbounding. You know, it's like kind of a little awkward at first. You're used to the way it used to be, but then you yeah. Know. Well, they want to discourage the stopping of the play. Yeah, I like it. The NBA wants play to just continue. Now, it'll be interesting over the course of the season to watch and see if guys just out of habit make those fouls and how much that actually slows the game down. <laughs> like in, when you're in the heat of the moment, you react instinctively sometimes. Like take that foul, take the foul, take the foul. It'll be interesting to see if guys are like, shit what did i just do <laughs> I, I forgot the rule change i imagine that'll happen more than once 
yeah, there's going to be some like hands on the head. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot. And it, even more interesting when it, <sighs> when the big games count or uh, late in the game, you know, Tibbs is going to make me run laps. <laughs> oh, Tibbs will just be shaking his head, shaking his head. <laughs> I think it's a good rule change. I think trying to get away from that intentional foul is probably a good idea, but I don't know. It was like uh, that that take foul was a way for teams to kind of beat the rules, to get an edge. So mm-hmm. now they don't have that edge anymore. You know? Like a def- that's not a defensive edge that you have anymore. It's just less defense. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. And we can briefly kind of talk about what's been going on in the league i haven't kept up with much while on vacation i've seen very little and thought very little about basketball at all (laughs) for the last three weeks (laughs) me too brother yeah i mean only this past week have i really kind of gotten back into it a little bit there's a couple of transactions that happened that caught my eye and that's because I've kind of been stuck in the house in quarantine for the last week. Jeff, are you surprised that both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant still play for the Brooklyn Nets? I'm not surprised. Those contracts are hard to move. And everybody wants so much fucking value these days. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh. I guess it was the, what, like the Paul George trade? that set off this like insane value like what oklahoma getting back so much Mm -hmm. like really kind of opened people's eyes to how much value you can actually get for players top tier players i'm not surprised that there hasn't been more movement there's no rush right now what do we say there's like 12 to 14 more weeks of off season right yeah I don't think there's a big rush to jump into deals that you don't necessarily have to fucking make. Things that have been interesting to me is like DeAndre Ayton getting the largest offer sheet in the history of the NBA. That's interesting to me. He got a four-year, $133 million offer from the Pacers. The Suns had 48 hours to match it. They matched it. They couldn't just let him walk. Yeah. They match it in like 48 seconds. <laughs> yeah, they matched it real fast. All right, we were wondering we were going to have to pay you. All right, that's cool. <laughs> now, Four years, cool. <laughs> what's interesting to me is that's the deal Aiton wanted on his uh, extension, right? That the Suns did not give him. Yeah, that made no sense. Last year. Beginning, you draft the guy number one. He's actually a good player and he's young. You... You give it to him. And then there's all this turmoil. Team kind of fell apart in the playoffs. There was a lot of chatter about Aiton not getting along with the coaching staff. And I think Aiton just kind of shut down a little bit when I think Aiton thought always that he was going to be extended. And when it didn't happen, I think it really bothered him. And maybe he shut down a bit. 
Maybe you say, well, you don't care about me. I don't care about you. I don't know exactly what happened there, but things changed within that team, it seemed like. After he didn't get that extension, and they like waited to see if they could get him cheap. And I think that comes from ownership. I don't think James Jones would have done that on his own accord. I think it's uh, something that came from ownership to try to penny pinch. Phoenix is known for being cheap. It's not new. I mean, imagine how different all of this would have been if they just extended Aiton in the first place. They could have won a fucking championship. Who knows? You don't fuck around with that shit, I don't think. I think Phoenix fucked up. But we'll see how it goes forward. They can't trade Aiton for a year with this new deal. So we'll see what happens. What other transactions caught our eye? Let's see. Um, I, James I, Harden took a pay cut. Yeah, Harden. To, to free up some uh, money for the 76ers to sign a couple more guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He looks like a I mean, hero. not a huge pay cut. He's not, he's not making like the vet minimum or anything, but um, he took a little less money. He's probably got a deal for like a second contract after this. Right. When you think him, yeah. him and Maury got a little back, yeah. back door deal. A little home cooking. Yeah, I think so. Would you be surprised? No, I mean, I think that there's something. I mean, why would he sign a two-year deal? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Harden gets shit on a lot and kind of kind of rightfully so. <laughs> you know, he shows up out of shape and he's, he's not the player he was. He's still a good player. He mortgaged but, uh, all of Houston's future and then <laughs> demanded out. <laughs> so, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Prick. Maybe this, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this buys him a little like media goodwill, you know, he's got plenty of money. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, it does. It's, he's got to think that he has to recognize that like his window as a championship player is like, it's closing. Yeah. Like it's not going to be open. What is he? 32. Could be. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got to realize that by taking a little, by demanding a little less money, taking a smaller contract it, it, it does it pretty simple to get get some better guys get some, get him some help so yeah. i think he's got his eyes on trying to win a championship in the next two years yeah i think it's a thing between him and maury he doesn't do it for any other gm no right <laughs> there's no, no. way <laughs> if it's it, anyone else harden turns 33 in one month yeah yeah, the window's definitely shutting, I would say. You think you think about uh, that. It's, he's 33, in the win- and we say the window's shutting. And then you look at, like, Duran. He's going to be almost 50. <laughs> 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 no, he'll be almost 40, and he'll be making $50 million. Mm-hmm. Here's a quote. Uh, there is a suspicion in some corners of the league that Harden had to have consented to this arrangement because he also secured a week-week guarantee about the future, meaning a promise from Maury that would allow Harden to recoup what he left on the table this offseason by declining the player option for next season yep. and his new Sixers deal and then mm-hmm. signing a whopper of a five-year deal in the summer of 
2023 at almost 34. Yeah. I could smell it. Yeah, but Harden might be terrible and you know. Yeah. He's betting on himself, but there might not be a lot to bet on. Yeah. Yeah, that was some, that was from Mark Stein, so that's not just coming from nowhere, you know. Yeah, no. I, quote. I believe it 100%. At, even if Harding got hurt, they'd probably still pay him. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't got. Well, he so they, they traded for DeAnthony Melton, and they signed PJ Tucker and Daniel House, who are two guys who they played with Harden in the past. They both played with him in Houston, I believe. So they know what to do with with Harden on the floor, you know. Yeah. Bo, what st- what stands out to you? That Rudy Gobert trade. Yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> it's fucking huge. We, talk about have value. We, have we been off since? Have we talked about the Rudy Gobert trade since? No, no. We oh, missed wow. all of free agency and stuff. Oh yeah, we missed everything in free agency. That was the week we were away. The first week we were away. That's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Utah got a haul for Rudy Gobert, right? Uh, uh, yeah, the draft capital is. It's even hard to wrap your head around. It's weird that they had to bring in Tim Connolly to do that trade. You could have just done Glenn Taylor could have just done that trade himself. Four first round picks and one swap was what Utah, what Utah got. Yeah. It's fucking insane. So basically five first round draft picks (laughs) and they gave them (laughs) for Walker Kessler, who was a first round pick and Jared Vanderbilt, who Vanderbilt. Really liked you liked Vanderbilt. I liked Vanderbilt, but 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 Minnesota got off of Bo, Malik Beasley. Bo, the, Timber, the, the Timberwolves gave up something else to Bo, something very important. Oh, Sad. Pat Bev, yeah. oh, a, a, a steal. I mean, the, yeah. they got they got Patrick Beverly in this trade. I kind of laughed I mean, out loud when I saw that Beverly was in the trade. Yeah, culture changer, huh? Okay, culture change got traded. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I wonder what uh, Minnesota fans would think about that, or were thinking about that. They were like, "Well, I mean, we got Rudy Gobert. He he changes the culture too." Yeah, that that really <laughs> defensive player of the year, Beverly at the that plan game, standing on the scorers table, waving his jersey. <laughs> yeah, and then makes that TNT video even funnier. <laughs> yeah, I mean Beverly was great. That that the Wolves needed him clearly, but I mean, come on, guys. Uh, Utah gets Vanderbilt. Minnesota gets off that Beasley situation, and Utah gets all those picks. I mean, that's for Rudy Gobert, and and then uh, you look at what teams are offering. Brooklyn for Durant, and it's like that's not as much. No. Oh, like a maybe. I just don't understand why you bring Tim Connolly in if you're going to do something like this. The whole point of having a good GM is to not give up all your draft capital. <laughs> well, they're banking that they've got enough. Well, they they so if this Timberwolves team makes banks. a Western Conference Finals, which is what they did with KG. They don't want any more draft picks. They want to win now. Right. So if they make a West Finals, which is what they did with KG, was it worth it? Yeah. I, I guess. I mean, if 
everybody's healthy relatively they're going to be really good i mean and i think it all this whole trade to me hinges on if they're they're betting that anthony edwards right. is going to be fucking awesome yeah they are and it's interesting. I mean, it gives them a lot of fucking size inside with Cat and Gobert. And Cat can maybe have more freedom to roam outside of the key with Gobert inside. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the stuff is replaceable. The draft picks are not. The draft picks, that's so much. It's very interesting. It's so much draft capital. We'll see how it plays out. But maybe that was a what management felt was a big weakness was the interior defense. Like, who's going to st- stop John ja Morant next year? Oh, well, not Pat Rudy, Bev. Pat Beverly's not. It's going to be Rudy Gobert at the rim. He's going to mm-hmm. have to think twice about like John ja Morant is going to have to dunk on Rudy Gobert. <laughs> He's going to have to end Rudy Gobert's career. That gives mm-hmm. him interior defense. There's no question about it. It's be very interesting to see if it uh, works out for Minnesota. It's a huge gamble to win now. Huge gamble on your future. What else are we looking at? I got a couple. All right. Lakers. The Lakers signed Lonnie Walker the fourth, the Spurs kid that I like, and Marvin Bagley the third, who's been underwhelming since being high a draft pick. And the Lakers also signed Scottie Pippen Jr. <laughs> to a two-way. I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't realize. Okay, to a two-way. Yeah. Scottie Pippen Jr. Good for, good for Pippen Jr. Hell yeah. Lakers got a little weird depth. Another interesting signing that I saw that I have like an emotional attachment to was Edmund Sumner. Brooklyn signed him. He was the kid that's just coming into like 27, 26 years old. He played for Indiana. Oh, and he he got hurt. Is that right? Yeah, he was supposed to be. He was on his way to having like a big season. He's gonna. The minutes were there. The spot was there. The rotation was open for him, and then he uh, blew. He tore his Achilles. Oh yeah, he had to have surgery. Well, Brooklyn went and scooped him up, and I guess he's been rehabbing and coming back pretty well. He's on his way. Gallinari, Danilo Gallinari, he got traded to the Spurs and then waived, and then mm-hmm. Boston signed him. That gives Boston a little. Uh, He's probably at the end of his career, but a little bit of a scoring punch, you would think, right? Yeah, he can shoot free throws and gallo threes. Yeah, he can still get buckets. What else did Boston do, Brian? Oh, they made a move that I really, really like. They made a move. They traded for Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They traded uh, Aaron Nesmith. Daniel Tice, which explains why uh, Brad Stevens just he had to get Daniel Tice back because he knew there was an offseason move to make. <laughs> Trade that salary. Tice in, yeah. 
who else was in? Two guys I've never heard of. And uh, Nick Stauskas, who I forgot um, was still in the league. <laughs> also a 2023 first round pick. Um, if you're Boston, who do you start? Brockton or Derek White at point guard? I think... I think Brogdon gets more minutes no matter who they start. Hmm. Maybe a little more firepower off the bench with Brogdon yeah. coming off the bench. But I think I think Brogdon's in your closing lineups. Yeah, you're probably right. It's interesting. Or you just you're, you package Derek White. You just trade Derek White to the Nets for Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> right. If and then like twenty draft picks. Yeah. Something like that. No, I think this is uh I think this is a great move for Boston. I mean, if, if they they made the finals last year, last season, like I think that this makes them the favorite in the East to me. I feel like. Yeah, they got so they got some depth there. They got Gallo and Brogdon. It's just additions. Tice wasn't playable. They didn't use him in the playoffs. Let's be honest. As much as I love Daniel Tice, they didn't use him for whatever reason. Yeah, he fell out of the rotation. He's a great regular season guy, but in the playoffs, he he wasn't playable in the finals. Um, don't know what that's all about. Maybe he was hurt. I don't know. But he. Didn't. No, I think that's just. I think that's just what he is. I think he's just a guy who gets who gets minutes in the regular season. We need some regular season. You games. know. He's just like a minute eater, you know. Yeah. The the new guy, the new Daniel Tice is, is Luke Cornett. They signed Luke Cornett as well. Oh, like a two year, four and a half million dollar contract. So. Oh. Okay. So right. Luke Cornett's there, you know. Yeah. He's there. Stiff. Williams and Horford need a need a break guy. <laughs> yeah, a body. Yeah. Got to have bodies, right? That's right. Keeping with the Spurs a little bit, they locked Kendall Johnson to a long rookie scale extension. Good, good, good. Keldon Johnson? Yeah. Keldon. Yeah, Keldon Johnson. That's good for the Spurs. Oh, here's one that's really interesting. was was uh, Toronto. They signed uh, Ron Harper Jr. to a two-way. So Pippen Jr. went to the Lakers and Harper <laughs> Jr. went to Toronto. I thought that was fascinating stuff right there. Let's see what else. Oh, the Timberwolves. There's, there's one sticking out to me. There's one sticking out. Oh, which one? Which one? I which can't one? believe you haven't brought up yet. Which Jeff. one? Mm-hmm. Um, the Clippers. Clips. The Clippers signed John Wall to a two-year. Oh, yeah. $13 million deal. Can he still play? We're going to find out. Two years. I think we talked about well, we talked about the rumor because because I think one of you asked me. It, it, was, a, it was At that point, it was a rumor that John Wall was going to sign with the Clippers. And one of you asked, is he going to average 20 points and whatever the hell else? He had a good game. Last game he played was against the Clippers. Oh, and yeah. it was, and and I said, oh, well, if, yeah. if John Wall is averaging that for the Clippers, <laughs> then this is bad. Yeah, we already did this. Yeah. Next. <laughs> well, I got one. <laughs> Bo, what about Minnesota? They got Austin Rivers. 
Uh, yeah. Little Tim Doc. Connelly got his guy finally. He got a little Doc. I think that's fine. He's a nice bench guard. Veteran can do things. Pat Bev replacement, right? Yeah, culture changer. <laughs> what a steal for the Wolves, Pat Bev was. Oh, wait, you're gone. You're Malik Beasley fodder. <laughs> I called that shit. Anyway, yeah, I, I think Austin Rivers, per, yeah, if you're going to make the playoffs, you want a guy like Austin Rivers on your team. I think he's barely in the league at all. I think so. I think you're probably right. Yeah. He's been steadily for the last two to three years been trying to prove himself as a player in the league. He's made $54 million in career earnings. Yeah. How much of that was playing for his dad? Five, 40 something. Most of it. <laughs> About 40. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what else do we want to touch on Durant? That's like not really a popular I mean, thing right now. Who gives a shit? If he gets traded, great. If he doesn't, no surprise. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. I, it's, there's the Boston rumor today, and I just don't see them giving up. It's not enough. Jalen Brown and Derek see, White and whatever else for yeah. I mean, I don't see Brooklyn thinking it's enough. After you look at what. The Jazz got for Gobert. Boston's not going to give up five first-round draft picks. It's not happening. No. And I don't see them shorting their window either because they've got. I mean, they've got Brown's twenty-five. They could be good for a while with the two guys they have, Tatum and Brown. Brown is twenty-five. Durant is like thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's enough for either. Neither side is going to compromise on that. We'll see. I think let's bring it back up next week and uh, probably 10 weeks from now, Durant will be traded or not <laughs> traded. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's speculate on Durant trades. <sighs> I'd rather not. It's going to be a no. long fucking off season. No, thank you. We'll continue to look at these transactions. I don't know. We're just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Maybe you guys can take a look at these uh, over the next week and see what we missed. Maybe you can bring some light to me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, point out something I missed. Something important. I don't know. We'll do it next week. Right now, this episode's getting too fucking long. <laughs> it's time to go. Fair? Fair. All yeah, right. it, was, it was good. To, it was good to dip our toes back in. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, yeah. Just a little warm up. We'll be back next week, right? Everybody coming back? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Also, I have a fun exercise planned for us next week. Oh. So anybody listening, we'll see you there. Yeah, and I just want to make sure next week we can lead off with the John Contra extension. Yeah, that's fine. Make a note. Great. Thank you, Brian, for being here. Appreciate you calling in. <laughs> of course. Glad like, you're feeling a little better. Yeah, a little better. We'll see. Maybe maybe you'll be in studio next week. Yeah. Thank you, Bo, for being yeah. here and hustling and almost making tip off. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very happy that everybody that did join us, 
joined us tonight. Thank you for listening. You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers.